Hey everyone, welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Destine, your co-host of the show. Today we're here with Michael Fleschner, founder of Big Fin SEO. Hi Michael, how are you? Good, Destine. Thanks for uh, connecting this morning. Of course. Thanks for tuning in as well. Let's get started. What does your agency do and how did you start it? We are a full-service digital agency with a specialty in search engine optimization or SEO. And, you know, it didn't really start that way. The agency started for me really as marketing consulting. I spent many years actually almost two decades on on both the corporate side and agency side uh, involved with marketing, mostly digital marketing. And at some point I said, you know what, I think I can can do this on my own. Mm. So I started consulting for a couple of companies and I quickly found out that they didn't just need advice, they needed resources. They needed Mm. qualified, experienced people to help them with everything digital marketing Mm. from email marketing, to search engine optimization, to paid search, and so on. Mm. So how I got involved in SEO and the agency is really connected because uh, I've always been somewhat entrepreneurial, even though I've kind of worked for other people and, and held a typical job, I always had side projects going on. Whether that was, you know, writing, I've written some books on SEO, mm-hmm. uh, SEO Made Simple, uh, I've sold things on Amazon, I've done a lot of digital work. And what I found was uh, I could create the products, but at the end of the day, even if it's a fantastic product, if you can't get people aware of it mm-hmm. and interested in it, mm-hmm. you're never going to sell it. So that kind of started this passion for SEO. Uh, and I spent a good portion of my free time really trying to figure out, okay, how do we make that work? How do we get, uh, in particular, Google to recognize that we want to rank for certain keywords and put us at the top? And uh, I spent many years on that, uh, kind of evolved from marketing consulting to really be more of an SEO provider and working with companies to do everything from SEO audits to uh, technical SEO to content optimization. And that really developed kind of a foot in the door to a lot of these companies. And then once we were in, of course, we asked the question or recommended, hey, you shouldn't just focus on organic results. Mm -hmm. You should own, you know, spot number zero and use paid, paid search. So it kind of went from SEO to paid search. And then, of course, once we were in, we started to evolve our our suite of offerings. And that allowed us to capture really more share of wallet and build really good, valuable clients where there's kind of a symbiotic relationship. You know, we're providing value. We're providing, uh, I want to say staffing, although, you know, that's not what we do. But, of course, a lot of these companies especially over the last five to 10 years, mm-hmm. have been shrinking their marketing departments. And mm-hmm. oftentimes we get into situations where, you know, it's a marketing department of one. They used to be seven or eight people. So we're able to kind of fill that gap, create that value. And that's ultimately how we started and how we grew. And for me, this is actually my second time around. So I had an agency previously uh, that I sold. I kind of went back into consulting and corporate marketing. And then I came back into the agency world Mm. because I feel like uh, in this sense, there's just more variety 
And because of that variety, you can be more productive. So when you're working, especially in a corporate marketing job, you're really just doing marketing for the same client. And although you can always do new types of marketing, it's somewhat repetitive and redundant. And what I like about the agency world is we're, we're working with dozens and dozens of clients across different industries with different needs and different marketing problems. And that just makes us, you know, that much more intelligent and experienced so that we can be more effective for the clients we serve. Wow. I love your story. It's very unique. You know, I hear a lot of agency owners talk about just their entrepreneurial spirit, I would say, and just their yeah. drive to just start something new. And I love that. You know, you mentioned that you have a passion for SEO. Where did that come from and has it helped serve you today, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that the passion came from really my own challenges of getting websites to show up in search results. And, you know, when you kind of focus on something, there's a great uh, book. I don't remember who the author is, but it's called Deep Work. And the idea behind Deep Work is really to have undisturbed or undistracted time where you're focusing on solving a single issue. And early on, that's where I was with SEO. I'm mm -hmm. like, I have to figure this out. Why am I not showing up in search results? And I remember being on a cruise with uh, some, there was this big anniversary celebration. A bunch of us were on a cruise. I was meeting some new people, mm -hmm. uh, some friends of a cousin, and uh, he happened to own check cashing stores. And he said, what do you do for a living? I said, oh, you know, I do some marketing consulting. And I was telling him about, uh, you know, organic results and how to show up. He said, you know what? If you could teach me how to do that, I will pay you. And I'm like, really? That's interesting. So that's really where the passion, I think, not just for having an agency, right, but for being able to specialize in a given area and then charge people for that expertise, uh, that, that's really where it started. And, um, you know, ever since then, I've been teaching people about SEO and digital marketing and providing services related to improving all of those things. Wow. I love that. That's so fascinating, fascinating that the skills that you know we acquire in this life can really help serve another person because maybe mm -hmm. they don't want to take the time to learn themselves or maybe they just want the support. You know, I mm -hmm. think that's great. Who would you say are your clients? Is it inbound, outbound? Yeah, so a little bit of both. So if I kind of look at our uh, you know, cadre of clients, we're we we tendency we have a tendency to have more clients in the education space, education technology, education software. Uh, we also have a lot of clients in the finance space, mm -hmm. uh, so financial products and services. Um, but we have a variety of clients. You know, uh, in fact, uh, one of our clients is a dermatologist with numerous offices, uh, and it's not just dermatology; it's cosmetic products and services. Um, so again, it, it cuts across this really broad spectrum of business types. And because of that, we have experience with both inbound and outbound marketing. Um, one of our clients is actually in the HR assessment space, and they've been around for many, many years, and they don't have a marketing funnel. So, you know, we were able to kind of put that together 
and really strategize with the budget they had on what are the foundational pieces that we can create for them mm. where even once we go away, because no client is forever, although thankfully we've had clients for many years, um, where can we prove value and where can we help those clients build really foundational marketing assets that will serve them long into the future? And, you know, I, I debate this all the time. A lot of people say, well, why would you do that for a client? They can just go somewhere else. And, and, you know, ironically, the answer is if you do do those things for clients, right? If you're thinking about the, the long-term value and the long-term benefit, they don't go anywhere else because you're really developing trust and they understand that for every dollar they spend, they're going to get back two, three, five, or $10 because you're focused on the right things. It's Pareto's principle. What's that 20%? that's going to generate 80% of the result for the client. And it's our belief that if you focus there, you'll see growth, which is exactly what we've been doing uh, for quite some time. So, you know, that's kind of the philosophy, but the experience really, again, across inbound, outbound, uh, even marketing strategy really plays a role in terms of the services we offer. Wow, that's amazing. You know, you mentioned foundational marketing assets and it just helps them long term. I think that really does speak to being able to build a relationship with them and trust. Would you say that's one of your core values in your agency as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And truthfully, it's somewhat selfish in the sense that I know that's where growth comes from. Mm. Growth doesn't come from, you know, spending $10,000, $20,000 a month on Google ads. Sure, that generates leads, but it also generates a lot of activity without a result. Mm. Where we like to focus our effort is to take that same money and put it into delivering a quality product, whether that means buying better software, uh, paying more uh, to our team in order to spend more time on mm. specific clients. Because as we're creating that value, we're finding that clients are trusting us to take on more and more of their marketing. And uh, there was a, a, a famous quote, uh, I think it was from Elon Musk. Someone mm -hmm. asked him, uh, why don't you spend any money on advertising? And he said, I do. And it's called building a better product. And regardless of how you feel about Elon, um, it, it's a valid point that if you improve the quality of what you're delivering, clients will spend more of their dollars with you. And that's really been our core philosophy to get from, you know, this little consulting business on the side to a full service agency. And we just rinse and repeat uh, really on the daily yeah. when it comes to trying to create that value. That's amazing. Would you say that you're full as a full service, like, in, like agency, would you say that, you know, was it hard navigating or just figuring out what your expertise was in the beginning compared to now? Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think that's a challenge with marketing, right? There's so many different aspects to marketing and you could throw PR in there, you could throw sales in there, right? It, it's all kind of part of the same marketing bundle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the beginning, I, as kind of building this business, wanted to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're a full service agency. We can do anything and everything. But you can tell from the name Big Fin SEO, 
I had to say, okay, where am I going to specialize? Because that becomes the tip of the spear. And that's the advice I give to new agency owners all the time, which is just don't go to market saying we do everything Mm. because then you're like everyone. But if you go to market and say, we specialize in search engine optimization, we're going to get you to show up in organic search results on Google and we're going to drive more traffic and we're going to grow your business. To me, that's a much better, clearer message then, oh yeah, we do all types of marketing. So whatever you need, what do you need? As opposed to, hey, it looks like you're really not generating traffic from organic search results. Let us help you there. So again, for us, it's just the tip of the spear. It's what gets us into a client. It's what introduces us to a new client or customer. And from there, we can make recommendations. We can kind of grow that business. But it wasn't always that way. We definitely started out as generalists. We took it wherever we could get it, um, even if it was a small $500 a month client. But at some point, you really kind of have to make make a decision as to what you're going to offer, what what you're going to be known for, mm-hmm. and ultimately, you know, what you're going to charge. Mm. That was great. Thank you for thank you just for expanding on that. You know, I hear that I've heard that so often this week that a lot of agency owners got to a point where they were like, okay, we can't do everything we need to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, narrow down on what we need to specialize in. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. What would you say that you're learning right now currently to level up your agency at this time? Yeah, I think what I'm learning right now is the people part. You know, the, the challenge is always uh, not just staffing appropriately, but having the right people on staff. Mm-hmm. It's really a, a double-edged sword. Uh, or a double-sided coin. Um, the the staffing piece is tricky, especially in the agency world, because you don't want to overstaff and you don't want to understaff. Mm. And at the same time, you have the dynamic of inflow and outflow is what I call it. So the inflow are all the new clients that are coming on board. You have a pipeline, you're closing new clients, you're taking on new work, but you also have existing clients where maybe you're just working on a project and the project is ending, or you occasionally lose clients. And because of that churn, the staffing piece can be really difficult. Mm. So what we've done as an agency, although we have some full-time staff, we've also moved to project-specific work. Mm. And what that means is, uh, let's say it's a it's an easy one. Let's say it's a, we're, we're writing blogs for a client and that client is paying us $1,000 a month, $250 a blog, right? We're going to deliver four blogs. Mm. Well, we might hire a writer and say, we're going to pay you X for each blog post, $50, $100. It doesn't matter what the number is. But the reason we do that is twofold. One, it's clear what our cost structure looks like. Mm. So we're going to generate $1,000 and we're going to pay out you know, something south of $1,000 plus overhead and other expenses. But mm-hmm. we, can, we can do the math. And when that client goes away, so does the cost associated with that writer, mm. right? Because we're not going to pay the writer if we don't have the client and they're not doing the work. So that helps us scale in many ways because there are more people out there who, um, you know, they've got a side hustle, they're freelancers, they're really good at what they do, and they're just looking for part-time or project work. Mm. And at the same time, it allows us as an agency to provide that value and really create a protective shield around our finances so that we're not in a situation where we've taken on all these people 
we're paying all this overhead. And then all of a sudden, from the revenue perspective, things dip again, either because the projects end or, or clients leave or whatever the case may be. So trying to figure out that, that puzzle piece of, of staffing it is really critical to growth. But it's something that I think we're kind of learning now that we're at, you know, the size that we are to find a really good balance and, um, you know, kind of make sure it works for both parties, both, you know, the staff that we have, as well as, uh, you know, the business as a whole and the finances we need to manage. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That sounds very thorough. And I think it's very important for your growth, as you mentioned. Can you give another example of project specific work? that you've had to experience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I can tell you um, most recently because it just came in. So um, we oftentimes when we're working with potential customers, instead of trying to sell them everything uh, with a big price tag, our goal is just to start working with them. And sometimes that means getting on a call and giving them free advice over an hour and not expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. Because I've learned that if you kind of create that value for prospective clients, at some point they will come back to you or start doing business with you. So on a project specific basis, we had a client who was interested in SEO. Um, We've never worked with them before. And I could tell that they were somewhat hesitant so what we ended up doing was was offering them an SEO audit, which is a paid project, uh, but it's a project. It has a definitive start and end. And really the goal here was to go in, do a comprehensive audit of their website, mm-hmm. of their organic search results, you know, of the keywords that are driving business to them, where they rank, technical SEO issues, really a thorough value added audit. Uh, and they're paying for that. And at the end of that audit that, well, we've already started the discussion, but at the end of the audit, there are going to be things that they can improve upon mm-hmm. and change. And they may need not just SEO, but some development work. They may need some of the technical work around Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics 4, because we're in this process now of migrating all of our clients to GA4. But we haven't sold that yet. And I'm 100% okay with it because I know more often than not, again, as we prove value Mm. by delivering a comprehensive audit, especially compared to what they're paying for it, they're going to say, wow, we need help and we trust Bigfin SEO to actually do the work because they're a known entity, they've proven value, and we're already seeing results. So that is, again, a project, but we use that project to evolve and to migrate into developing meaningful relationships with clients where we partner with them and help them succeed. So that's, you know, one type of project. The other project I think I alluded to earlier is kind of building out a funnel for a client. Mm. Another great example. So you can go in and do a project and doesn't matter what they're paying, five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand, you know, some of these funnels can be really, really comprehensive and expensive uh, or not. It could be as easy as a single landing page, but you do that as a project and it's not a once and done. It is a once and done from a project perspective, but from a relationship perspective, once that's done, well, how are you going to drive traffic to that landing Mm -hmm. page? When someone completes the opt-in, are you going to send them an email? Well, maybe we should put them into a drip campaign or an automation. And who's writing those emails for you? 
so on and so forth. And that's really how, again, we like to create value for clients, but also focus on growth for the agency instead of, again, kind of chasing uh, prospective new clients. We're creating value for those clients and they're referring us to other clients um, and, and, and going from there. Wow. Thank you for those two very thorough examples of just project-specific work. Really appreciate mm-hmm. that. You know, it's it's this whole thing of sharing without expectations or serving without expectations, and then it comes back, you know, towards you. It sounds very personable, and I think that I'm sure your clients appreciate that. It was, okay. Is there a certain system that you put in place with your team with that from the beginning compared to now? Has there been any changes? Yeah, that's a really good question because there certainly have. And I think, you know, this is something that if you're ever in a position where you're thinking about scaling and growing your agency, you need to have systems, you need to have defined processes, right? Because people only buy businesses that they can grow. Mm-hmm. No one's going to buy your business if if you go away, the business goes away. Mm-hmm. So we've had to really think about how do we put these systems in place Uh, to accomplish a few things. One is to create consistency because that just makes everything easier. If you you know that every time we bring on a new client, we're going to follow these five steps and the team is clear what those five steps are, even though the information may be different, the process is the same. It just becomes more efficient. And whenever something becomes more efficient, you're lowering your costs and you're increasing really the quality of what you deliver. Mm -hmm. That's what I have found. So, um, you know, a new client is a great example. We use Trello as our project management system. The team is very collaborative through Trello. So, for example, a new client comes on, we're going to create a new Trello board and the team knows exactly what they need to do. So the project manager is going to reach out with an onboarding checklist. Um, You know, someone's going to set up all of the billing. Someone's going to go ahead and request access to all of the you know software that the client has that we need to get into, mm. whether that's a website or Google Analytics or whatever the case might be. And we're able to do that consistently with each and every client because over time, we've started to see a redundancy, right? Every time we bring on a client, what are the three, five, 10 things that need to happen before we can start work? Or even before we had systems in place uh, what's causing a delay? What's causing us, oh, we're waiting on logins to this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then why don't we make sure that that's taken care of from the beginning? You know, another great one is um, uh, what exactly is in the agreement? I don't know, where's the agreement? Well, now mm-hmm. everything's in a Google Drive under the client name, and it's very easy to find. And all of these things, I think, individually are really small. They almost seem irrelevant. But when you're scaling and you're dealing with so many clients, you need to create those systems for easy access to information and that consistency uh, that I think is so important. I love that. That's so important. You know, with experience and trials and errors comes expansion. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you're able to really just reflect on what changes you need to make. I think that's great. You know, what would you say you're currently most proud of right now? you know, on your journey right now? (laughs) 
Yeah, I think I'm most proud of the results that we get for clients. That's mm. probably first and foremost. We really pride ourselves on that because if I'm not creating value for someone uh, as an agency partner, I don't think they should pay me. So, you know, we really focus on on delivering results. I think the other piece really is the uh, referral piece that I've been speaking about and, you know, mentioning throughout our call today. And that is, you know, the majority of our business comes from our, I call them partners, but from our clients referring us to other people or expanding their business. Mm. And that's what I'm most proud of. That's what fulfills me because I know we're delivering quality and, you know, I feel like we're not just a recurring charge on someone's credit card that they forgot about. That's not the type of business I want to run. I want to be proving our value over and over again and really partnering with these companies to help them achieve their goals. And those goals are, are all different. You know, a lot of people say, well, it's just for them to sell more. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it's to rebrand themselves, which is a step to ultimately selling more. But they have needs at different points in their evolution as, mm. as a business, as a company. And um, being able to kind of be a point solution for them throughout that process, I think is extremely important. So, so I'm just really proud of what we're building here and what the future looks like. And, um, you know, I think that's going to continue uh, certainly for the short term, but hopefully for the long term as well. Yeah. I love that. You know, I love that you also mentioned just results focus because it just emphasizes the client and what they need. And it's all about serving them, right? You know, on the flip side, what would you say your what would you say is keeping you from leveling up right now in your agency? I think what's keeping me from leveling up or growing even more mm -hmm. uh, quickly is really it, it, it's trying to balance the staffing with the quality. I really don't want to take on work just to take on work and try to string together resources that mm -hmm. I don't know about or that I don't have. I want to make sure that it is focused growth so that we continue to deliver that value while growing the business. And that takes time. It takes time because even if you have a new employee or a new freelancer that you're working with, you don't know if they're any good. You know, I just had an experience with a, a freelancer that we brought on for a specific project, mm -hmm. uh, and I thought he was really good in terms of the quality of work, mm -hmm. but he was unresponsive. It took him many days to reply to an email. And at the end of the day, that doesn't work for us. So again, if I had taken on a really large project and had to scramble for resources and pulled an individual like this into the project... I think that would have been bad for me, and it certainly would have been less than optimal for the client. So I think that focused growth or intentional growth mm. is kind of slow and steady, and that is kind of preventing kind of that hockey stick growth, mm. because I do feel that if I really uh, focused my energy on generating additional referrals or putting more behind the marketing funnel, uh, we could get the clients question is, could I deliver a quality service? So it's not a flash in the pan. Mm -hmm. So it's not a once and done. Because again, we pride ourselves on building the relationships, partnering with these clients, really being their marketing team and, and growing over time. And I just can't see that happening in a rapid, quick way. 
And it's kind of funny because, you know, I have all of these white label uh, agencies and, you know, outsource partners, you know, reaching out to me every day. I probably get, without exaggeration, three to five emails. And I've, I've tried early on in the process, I tried working with many of them and I'm 0 for 10. Like none of these agencies have the same level of passion about our clients mm-hmm. or the focus on value delivery or the expertise to make it work. So mm-hmm. I've decided, and again, you know, I'm in, you know, one agency out of, out of probably millions, but for us, it makes more sense to really develop and build an effective team that becomes part of the big fin SEO ecosystem. And we, we use that capacity to drive growth as opposed to relying on some of these outsource partners. I see, you know, did you ever think in your journey in the beginning that you would be on your, on your way to seven figures and that you would be getting three to five emails a day from, from these people? Like, did you ever think like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm going to get there or was it always just very smooth sailing? (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I, in the beginning, no. In the beginning, it was really just me, right? Yeah. I mean, I was just out there making a living, yeah. trying to enjoy the process. And then at some point, it became bigger than me. And and my mindset changed where it wasn't all based on me. It was really based on the agency and the services we delivered. And that was really the turning point to go from, oh, this is a little hobby to this mm-hmm. is a business. And as a business, we have to start thinking differently. And I have to step back from really the three buckets. And it's funny, I I collaborate obviously with other agency owners and a good friend of mine who owns an agency articulated it in this way, which is your business is, is comprised of basically three buckets. There's the work and that might be SEO. It might be email marketing. It might be, you know, if you're a coach, maybe it's the coaching, but there's the work there's the account management piece, and then there's sales and marketing. And as an agency owner, you can't be in all three buckets. You can't be doing the work. You can't be managing the clients and doing sales and marketing. You're never going to grow. You're never going to make it bigger than you. So a lot of the work that I'm engaged in now, and probably for the next 18 months, is really making sure that those three areas, you know, the work is being done by competent people. That doesn't include me. Mm -hmm. The account management is really being done about people who care about value and helping clients succeed. And then sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And the sales and marketing will probably fall on me over time and, and not necessarily less on others who are selling or marketing, but that's the bucket where I believe I need to focus to really scale the agency, but you can't get there until you figure out the work and the account management. So to me, that's been a great um, analogy, I guess, uh, thinking about the bucket, the buckets and where they are and who needs to be involved in those buckets. And I think ultimately um, that's the path to success. Nice. Thank you for breaking that down. My head, my head started turning. I was like, oh, wow, that was very like, <laughs> It's just thorough and it makes sense. (laughs) You know, I think that you mentioned some authors earlier. Would you, do you have any favorite agency scaling influencers, authors that, you know, have really made an impact on you in your journey? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, my immediate answer is no. Um, you know, with some thought, I would say that I feel like the the people to follow and learn from are those who you work with. So, um, and I'm not talking about the client side, I'm talking about with your own agency and your own network. I have gotten more tips, strategies, you know, connections to, you know, like agency hacker and, and other resources that are out there that I didn't even really know about, right? Because oftentimes we're just heads down. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the main media people like, looking at Gary V or some of these other people, yeah. very entertaining. And I'm a huge Gary V fan, but when it comes to the day to day, Hey, I'm trying to scale and build an agency. I have found that you're much better, uh, you know, following specific podcasts or, uh, uh, channels or whatever the case might be of people who are in the business and working on the business. So um, that's really where I where I tend to get value. And, you know, I mentioned this book, uh, Deep Work, mm -hmm. heard about it from another freelancer mm -hmm. who said, hey, you know, I was just reading this book. They were probably listening to it on, uh, you know, audiobook or whatever. Uh, but they said some really interesting ideas in there. You might want to check it out. So, again, you know, that's generally how we learn, I think, as a society. Yeah. That's what separates us. We teach other people. And I think just being open to the idea that uh, you can have a plan, you can be focused, yeah. uh, but you always need to be learning because the world isn't stagnant, it's changing. And um, you know, I think that's critical to, to having new ideas and really determining what can help you grow. Wow, that was amazing. You know, that's kind of interesting because even in our personal lives, I feel like when we hear a friend talk about this and they went through this experience and, you know, you should check out their YouTube channel. You're like, okay, yeah, sure. And you check it out. And it's, it's just based off of word of mouth. Um, yes. Yeah. Instead of just, okay, online recommendations based off of, you know, what you search and things like that. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, you think about your, your feeds, mm -hmm. whether you're scrolling through Instagram, TikTok, doesn't matter. Those are a flash in the pan, right? It's 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. All that's going to do is give you a shot of dopamine. Yes. It's not going to change your, your life, um, at least not significantly in my opinion. Um, but the things that do change it, as you're saying, is when a friend says, oh, I had a similar challenge, check this out. Or, oh, you know, instead of, uh, um, I don't know, instead of using this piece of software, I'm using this piece of software. Those are the things that really, again, have more of a significant impact on your behavior than some of these other information sources. And I think that change of behavior, if it's targeted, if it's focused, uh, if it's relevant to what you're doing, that's when things change. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of action. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge planner. I'd rather just try a bunch of different things and see what works, mm. but then take a pause and evaluate and not be critical, but be optimistic and say, oh, out of these six things we tried, this one thing seems to work really well. Let's focus our attention over here. 
And, and that's really a springboard to growth. Yeah. I love that you said that, you know, just getting curious, right? Like you mentioned on social media, those quick videos or maybe reels, you know, I think some, for someone who's coaching, you would need to reach out to them and actually hear their thought process and their deep understanding of what they're saying, and then probably Mm -hmm. get value from it than just like a quick little 30 second video Yeah, 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 Yeah. absolutely. And if we think about the people who are really successful, you know, think about all the people who um, uh, win, like, I think it's the 10x uh, award or like click funnels, you know, they have people who hit a million dollars through their funnel, they give out plaques and this, that and the other thing. You're much better off reaching out to that person and saying, I want to pay you $500 for an hour of your time to tell me everything you've learned that I can use right to scale, then again, just endlessly watching YouTube videos. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And quite frankly, I've learned quite a lot from YouTube. (laughs) Um, But my point is that, that there are people who are experts because they go deep in an area and there's value to that expertise. So anytime that you can can learn directly from them, as you're suggesting, or through one of their courses, um, I think it's a worthwhile investment. And a lot of people are reluctant to spend that type of money. Um, But I have found that that advice or connecting with people who have that experience really does pay dividends. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to transition, you know, do you have any advice for agency owners listening to this or just your peers listening to this on their on their journey of being an agency owner mm-hmm. yeah I think the the best advice would be to eat what's on your plate mm. what I find is and what I have found for myself in particular it's very easy to get distracted as an agency owner extremely easy and even if you don't have HD, you know, HDHD, attention deficit disorder, ADD. Um, The reality is it's the nature of our work, right? We're just doing so many different things all the time that oftentimes you go down a path that's a distraction and it's not focused on your core essence, right? Of who you are as an agency. And a lot of people think, well, if I just focus here, how am I going to grow? And it's ironic, but the less you focus on all this other stuff and the more you focus on delivering a quality product to your client or service, the more it grows, right? So the growth isn't like the hockey stick. Yeah. Um, the growth is more of an expanding sphere. And when that expands, because you're focused on it, you're delivering quality, that's consuming more and more and more. To me, that's the growth model that's preferred mm. as opposed to a line chart that says, hey, we're going up in this way. Um, it's just a different way to look at it. But that's certainly the advice I would give, which is just focus on on what you have in front of you. Uh, and if you do that and you do it well, you'll grow. Yeah, that's great advice. I also heard this this week as well, focusing on just your lane, you know, and not yes. being distracted by the noise. Would you say that you personally had to, at a time in your journey, just focus and not get distracted by it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's, we talked about that earlier uh, in the broadcast. And that is early on, I wanted to do everything for everyone. And I just couldn't. 
So for me, focusing on SEO, search engine optimization, building that out, building that out, getting clear on my process, getting clear on the packages and services that we do offer, mm. figuring out our pricing structure, building a team of qualified SEOs that can deliver quality solutions. That was the focus for me. And because I focused there, my plate just continued to expand and continued to grow. So, you know, I kind of experienced it that way. I, I don't know if that's the path for everyone, yeah. but to me, it was much more focused and controlled than just kind of, you know, taking whatever came my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it definitely feels richer and more fulfilling having taken that pl- path. Yeah. Thank you for just expanding on that. You know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been really insightful. How can people get in contact with you? And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So a couple of different ways. So uh, my agency is bigfinseo.com. So you could definitely reach out to me there. Uh, On most social channels, I'm M. Fleischner, M-F-L-E-I-S-C-H-N-E-R. And I recently published uh, another book uh, called the the Freelance Workbook. Mm. So if anyone's interested in learning more about freelancing, definitely check that out on Amazon. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It was wonderful speaking to you. Likewise. Thank you.